Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. headphone confusion there. That happens. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. 210 this afternoon, first pitch. Ben Wagner has the call on the radio side. Dan Shulman with the call on the TV side. Yes, I know it's a YouTube game, but uh, it'll be broadcast in Canada on Sportsnet. Can you turn those headphones around the other way? Oh, God. That's amazing. Is that... Sometimes there's just not words. Like, like oh. I might be between <laughs> spilling stuff. I mean, all over me uh, and headphones. It's just not. It's not, I, it's not been a good morning. It's only a way to put it. I don't see how. Why is it hard? What? All the things that are going on in your life right now. Why? What's What's happening here? It just is. You need a hug. I'm not gonna give. I it could to always. You, but somebody back here probably give I you. Could one. Always. I could always use a hug. Ah. Uh. I mean, everybody could always use a hug, couldn't they? I'm, I'm good for now. Jeff Montgomery, the Reels, or the Reels Royals, the Royals pre- and post-game analyst, will join us later on in the show. I was thinking of Rex last night whenever I was watching that game, and I was <laughs> thinking to myself, what do you think Rex is talking about right now? Listen, there's, like, there's nothing to talk Like, really? There's an art to covering a crap team. There's an art. It's. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. You know, you want a definition of a, of, of a difficult media job. It is being the beat writer for a newspaper covering a team that stinks. Because around August, everybody's checked out. Nobody wants to talk to their teammates, let alone a dude with a baseball writer's pass. Mm -hmm. They just don't. Or a woman with a baseball writer's pass. They just don't. Nobody wants to talk to anybody. They want the season to be over. The manager's got nothing to say because the team's really bad. There's a chance that his ass is fired. I mean, it is. So, yeah, uh, spare a thought. Spare a thought for, for guys like Rex Huddler who are Yeah, just like the telling sixth stories. inning of that game. You're like, hey, yeah, what the hell are you talking about? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Like, three up, three down? Or, I mean. That's why God invented the minor leagues. Let's talk about the dude at double-A who's. Bobby Witt Jr. You know, I mean, you, there's only so many times you can. Yeah, dead you know, go to that well so often. Yeah. I mean, I guess the good thing is you could probably start talking trade deadline a little ahead of time. Rex said he didn't do that. Rex he said didn't get paid to do right. that. So now what are you talking about? <laughs> they don't tell me any of that stuff. So what am I supposed to talk about? Well, you could always talk about firing the manager, which is a great segue to our next guest. Bill Shakin's a national baseball writer with the LA Times. Joe Madden was fired yesterday following 12 straight losses. Phil Nevin took over as manager, lost the game, and Mike Trout left the game with groin tightness. So Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. <laughs> Stay hot. Mr. Shaken, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, I, I don't know what surprised me more, the fact that Joe Madden was fired yesterday or the fact that he was doing an interview in The Athletic, by my count, 10 minutes after, after the, uh, the deed was done. I may be exaggerating a little bit. 
Um, were you surprised at the timing of this? I was surprised a little bit, mostly because what do you hear from managers a lot? You hear the phrase, put the players in position to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I would think as a general manager, you would think the same way. And if you're going to bring in a new manager, you want that guy to succeed. The Angels right now are in a stretch of Red Sox, followed by the Mets, followed by the Dodgers. I would have thought if you're going to fire Madden, you wait for that stretch to end. And then you wait for the stretch of Royals and Mariners that follows and goes, hey, this guy, this new guy's a winner. So they thought it was time yesterday, and they went ahead and made the move. What, uh, Otani, you, you watch Otani, he's sort of the big topic now. You know, he's 10 for his last 50 hitting. Uh, he had a stinker against the Yankees the other day. He went three innings. He gave up eight hits. Are you seeing any lingering effects of this is tough? Like, that, there's a reason why, you know, not a lot of people, if anybody, tries to do this. Is that what you're seeing with him? Yeah, I think what people forget, and understandably so, is the magical season he had last year was incredible. It was nothing that's ever happened in 100 years, but it wasn't Shohei Otani's first season in the major leagues. It was his fourth. So to expect him to repeat that performance, I thought was probably a little much. And he looks this year like, a pretty good baseball player, which is fine. I mean, the one thing that I do notice is that the Angels have been careful before this year to give him more rest. They didn't have him DH uh, on the days, you know, after he pitched. They didn't like using him on the DH before he pitched. Now he DHs and pitches because the rules are, are different. Uh, and they DH him practically every day, so maybe he's a little more tired. Um, he said he's not. We don't obviously we'll, we'll wait and see, but that's the only really notable thing at this point. Uh, was this decision to fire Joe Madden, Perry Manassian, or Arte Moreno, or a combination of both? In your your opinion? Well, it was Perry's decision, certainly, in the sense that when Perry took over as general manager. Joe Madden was already in place as manager and had a couple more years left on his contract, this being the last one. And when Joe Madden was hired, he was not hired by the general manager who was here at the time, a guy named Billy Epler, who's having a, a pretty good year with the Mets now. Hmm. Uh, it was hire, hiring orchestrated by Artie Marino, who saw that Joe Madden was available, uh, had a wonderful career with the Angels dating back to his days as a minor league manager, a minor league player even before that, and then as a coach on the Angels' only World Series championship team. So in that sense, you know, Joe is Artie's guy, and Perry had to go get permission to go fire him. But the fact that he was able to do it, at least as Perry told the story with one phone call yesterday, leads you to believe the alliance between, you know, Joe and Artie might not have been as, as tight today as, as it was certainly when he was hired. So Phil Nevin gets the job for now. Um, a, a remarkable career renaissance for a guy who was gone from being considered one of the worst third base mm -hmm. coaches. I'm ex exaggerating a bit here to, to now managing two of the greatest players in the game. Uh, but beyond that, what do the angels need in the manager's, in the manager's role. Like if, if you could 
I don't know if you pick a perfect name, but or, or design a perfect manager. Is there is there is there is there something that you think Perry Manassian and Artie Moreno would be looking for in particular? They're basically looking to win, and I don't need to be flipped, but they're making so many changes that it's hard to win. Right. You know, after the 2018 season for 2019, the Angels had a new manager in place. For the two, after 2019, for the 2020 season, the Angels had a new manager in place. After 2020, for the 21 season, the Angels had a new general manager in place. Hmm. And now here we are. You know, two months into 22, they've got another new manager. Until they figure out who they're going to be comfortable with and stick with them, I don't know that it really manages to matter who's in the manager's office. No pun intended. Mm. Bill, do they have a – you know, you look at guys that get hurt there, Taylor Ward, Anthony Radon, Mike Trout's hurt all the time. Do they have an issue, like, off the field, things to keep these guys on the field? Are they doing too much off the field? I, I, you know, again, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but you would think, man, this is a lot. Like, these are some key guys that get hurt a lot. Is there an issue there, you think? I don't, and to the extent that there was, they brought in a new head athletic trainer this year. So even if they thought there was, they've done something in their minds to address it. Mm -hmm. um, Rendon's been hurt most of the time since he signed a free agent contract with the Angels. He was very good the first year, and he's pretty much been hurt since then. Um, you know, Trout is, I don't think this is serious. I guess, you know, we'll find out. But he pulled himself out of the game because he felt something last night. The trainers didn't look out and go, oh my God, we got to go take care of this guy. So I'm, I'm hopeful that's not a big deal. Um, Taylor Ward, you know, nobody had actually ever heard of until three months ago. So um, I think the bigger problem is that everybody likes to talk about injuries and every team has them. And even more so this year because of the shortened spring. But when you look at the Angels lineup, you say, yeah, I mean, you have three guys in Ward and Rendon and David Fletcher that are injured. And then the last couple of weeks, you've had Trout and Otani hitting under 200, and there's your lineup. But pitching staff, there's nobody that was expected to be a significant contributor that's injured. And their ERA the past couple of weeks on this 13-game losing streak is over six. So can you win with that staff? We thought so over the first six weeks. Maybe this is just a bad couple of weeks. Truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. Bill, really good of you to join us. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, Bill. All right. Take care. Go Expos. <laughs> take care. It's Bill Shaken, national baseball writer with the LA Times. Uh, this is an interesting question you asked about Shohei Otani and an interesting answer I thought I thought Bill gave. Uh, last year was a great year. Uh, he's a great player. He's doing something we haven't seen before. Yeah. Maybe last year was bit of an outlier. He's a big dude, too. I, the unicorn. Not to say he's going away, but no, he, may, no, no. He, may, he may not he may not, he may not replicate that year. I, I, I would just think physically what it would take a big dude to do all the things he's trying to do and do that long term over a marathon. I, it, it's a lot to ask. And do it at the, at the level that they're asking him to do it at. I, what would is you, it possible? What would you do if I this – is, this is really, you know, really hypothetical and pr would probably require a deeper dive. If I, if you could tell Shohei Otani, if 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 you could force him to choose between doing one, one of pitching, mm. or being an everyday player, what would you choose? That's a that's a great question. I I 
Well, you know, for, first of all, I, I think to ask him to hit all the time, he would need to play a position. Right. Find a position for That's him. Does, does he like where an, I was going. An, an outfield <laughs> position? Do you like left? Do you like right? Do, you know, could you play center? He's an athlete, right? Would you be able to stay on the field playing center, playing right, playing left? That'd be the first thing I'd ask him. Do you want to do that? And then, because you, offensively, you'd want him to have numbers that are just. Yeah, if you ask him to do that, like you're, <clears throat> excuse me, you're asking him to have sixty homers, like, and to do that, he'd have to play a position. DH and every single day, I, I just don't know if he's wired that way. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he'd seem to be sort of that low key guy. You can tell likes to have a lot of fun, but that monotony of trying to have a routine of DHing every single day, I, I just, for me, that's not a good fit. So you'd have to ask him that first. Off, uh, uh, pitching wise. I, I don't even know if he'd want to start. That, again, I don't know him. I've never had a conversation with if him. he starts, he's going once every five days, he, right? He, he is, again. But but the, you just don't – you've never tried to really figure out routines for a guy to do this. How would that disrupt his mindset to be really good at just one thing? Yeah. No, I, I don't I, know the answer to that I don't because either. we've never really had to even ask a guy that. So the, I don't know there is there an answer to that. Like – because he's 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 shown you that he's really good, if not great, at both, or he could be. Yeah. So, I, that's what it's something I've often wondered about with 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 him. Mm-hmm. Um, in the context of what what would happen when he becomes a free agent, like how would you? What would you pay him for? That's the it, question. Yeah. How would you sell yourself? Like combined war. I I, I mean, yeah. I, it's. I mean, look, they, he's, as I said, it was a terrific year last year. Um, but Bill Shaken said it's not like that's his first year in the majors. No. There, 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 is, there is a track record there now. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. With, with, with West Coast teams, you asked about injuries and all that. And, you know, back in the day, used to hear guys say that, you had to learn how to play in the West Coast because a lot of your flights were longer flights. You're flying two hours, now, you know, different now. Well, I mean, even back then they were chartering, but you had a lot of long trips. You're crossing time zones. You used yeah, to hear guys. Well, I used to hear guys say that, that, yeah. that, that there was a thing uh, about that. But now there are so many sleep specialists and things of that, things of that nature that, that I, I, I don't think that's the case. But, but, man, they do have a hard time keeping – Keeping people on the field. It's a grass field. Like there's not the artificial turf. Like the weather excuse. there's always great. The field's great. I the travel the, the travel. I mean, I, maybe that could explain the the hamstrings and the and the little tweaks. That of, doesn't explain of, the of, other stuff of that though. stuff. But I, I just I, that's an excuse for me. Like you're. It's not like you're 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 riding buses or you're like you're taking legit planes and you're eating filet mignon. The only reason I know that is because I've been on them. Like, it's it's not like you're, like I used to do in the minor leagues, have 16 or 17-hour bus rides and walk off of that dressed because right. you're getting dressed going through the town to get to the field because you're late because you can't get dressed at the field or in your hotel yeah, room. Yeah, but the point is. It's a little different, right? It's next, Again, I just, the, there's the always point, something with them. No, but the point is, or with the Angels, yeah. Yeah. But the point is that, Travel and crossing time zones does take it takes stuff out of your body. It's a scientific fact. It's a scientific fact. You can't argue. Yeah, the flights are comfortable and everything, but it, it interrupting your sleep patterns and that does it has an impact on you. Over the course of a long season, it certainly does. Over the course of a long career, it does as well. Um, but 
you know, I, I don't, I don't know if that necessarily explains why that particular yeah. team seems to have seems to have issues. This will be the interesting thing. Say they're somewhere on the on the fringe of making the playoffs. They got to go for and it. Ota- no, no, just with Otani. And Otani's struggling at one of the oh. two. What if they went up to him and said, "The last month and a half of the season, you're only doing this. I don't think you're you can only do that. pitching. Don't or think you're you can only do that. hitting. No, don't think you can do I'm that. I'm paying you. Why wouldn't you do it? Don't think you can do that. I, I think if you, huh. you know, it'll depend on your relationship with the owner and the player. But I'll tell you what, you want to talk about things that look like panic? That looks like that, I'm ta- that I'm, looks like panic. I'm talking after the All Star break. You're yeah. down the stretch. You're still in it. That well, kinda, I mean, it's you're trying to make the playoffs and you're trying to get one of the best generational players in Mike Trout in the playoffs because you paid him a ton of money. That's what you're paying him for. So yeah, you do what's best for the team. That's the whole point here. It's not you, sometimes all about the individual. I, I don't think it's about the team. I don't think you hurt. Or, I, I I don't think you. The unicorn things over. I, a I don't bit. think it's, it's no, lost it's its luster. No, it has not. a little. I don't that think. I, I don't think you you uh, penalize Shohei Otani because Mike Trout hasn't gotten to the I'm World Series. I'm only saying if one side of the ball is he's struggling with it. Say he's winning three or four starts in a row and he can't get anybody out. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. But say it is. What if he's what if he goes out and loses that next start? After you've made that change, now everybody's going. Jesus, we're not, now we don't have the bat in the lineup, and now you can't do it. You can't do that in the middle mm. of the year. If you're going to have that discussion with him, you've got to have it. I just don't think you had that discussion with him now. If you're the Angels, because you've let him do this. I mean, basically, baseball's basically created a rule for him. So you got to stick with this. I, this is the the thing, and I I wish I could remember who said this when Shohei Otani came over. Like, if you are going to do the dual thing then in for a penny, in for a pound. This is it. You are going to be a mm-hmm. dual player. If the, the time to tell him that he can't do it is, you know, God forbid he gets a serious arm injury and it's just obvious that he can't pitch. But other than that, the time to tell him that he has to pick one thing is when his career starts, not halfway through his career. Yeah. You know, now when he becomes a free agent, maybe if, it, I don't know, pick a team. The team like the Yankees says, you know, we, uh, we're willing to offer you this much money. We'd like you to start. You know, to to do the dual, the double, double duty thing at the start. But you know what? We may ask you in the second year of your contract or the third year of your contract to do something else. But how the hell do you account for that in the contract? Because if I'm paying you X dollars to play every day and pitch for me, and two years down the road you're just pitching once every five days, and I'm still paying you X dollars based on what you were going to give me, like there's it's there's there's really a lot that goes into this that goes into this discussion. Uh, Joe Madden, does he manage anywhere else? I would think so. It's Joe Madden. See, it's interesting. I don't think I'm with you. We asked David Sampson yesterday, does Joe Girardi get another managing job? I don't think he does. Joe Madden gets fired a couple of days later. I think he gets another managing I, this job. This is just me. I I'm I, I think there's a not a lot of like around Joe. For whatever reason, like yeah, I, Joe Girardi, yeah, yes. just you, do, do you see that or no? Like you've been he's around a bit of, he's a bit Girardi, of a, he's, yeah. he's a bit of a marine, a he bit is. of a kind of a red ass. He is, he, and I and I think there's he sort of lost what he brought earlier because yes. of of leaving the Yankees, and it's that oh, it must be a Yankees way. Well, let's I mean, bring that to our organization. I think he's lost that, and I don't think he's going to get it back. So I don't think you'll see Girardi no. managing again. I will say this. I think the whole John, uh, Joe Madden's a genius thing has kind of gone out yeah, the window now, though, because everybody's doing what he's doing. Kevin Cash is as much a genius as he is, is, if not more. And, you know, Joe Madden left the Rays. Now, he, you know, nobody begrudged him. 
but he left the race. Joe Madden cherry Joe Madden's cherry picked jobs. Let's just say it like it is. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong with it because hey, if you're he in a can, position to do that, if you could. can do it, go ahead and do it. If you can get paid, go ahead and do it. Nobody should have a problem with that. But Joe Madden cherry picked jobs. Mm-hmm. It's not like Joe Madden decided to hitch his wagon to the freaking Pittsburgh Pirates or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you know, the Angels and the Cubs. Those those are pretty good pretty good franchises if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a spot. Uh, they have to be the right fit too. You know, he he's shown you even with talent. Huh. Maybe maybe he's one of those guys that he has to really overthink it right, let, and and work like the Tampa Bay Ray thing. Well, and let, not have all that talent where it's no brainer and he's just not really involved in. It. He's just writing out a lineup. I mean, I'm, you know as well as anybody, the, the the manager's different now. It's not we've been told yeah. it's not about managing the bullpens anymore. It's about selling it. Yeah. Well, you can sell it to younger. It's about- it's about managing up, and it's about it's about selling ideas to your team. I'm, I'm looking at teams in baseball and trying to figure out, okay, where, where would where would Joe Madden fit? Philadelphia? Yes or no? Say he's, yes or he's, no. He's from there. I mean, I, I think there's a tie there. I a would, good enough talker to get through Philadelphia. Oh, yes. He'd have to oh, do yeah. that. He, he he'd would, have to he sell would, it. He would pile the BS. Those writers would love it. I mean, he'd be bringing uh, – donkeys into the clubhouse and you know have juggling elves and everything oh yeah yeah they, they would love it in philadelphia donkeys. they would love it in philadelphia and, and i think he's if i'm not mistaken he's a pennsylvania guy i i think philly would be a, a good spot for him i mean i'm looking at other teams you know seattle may have to make a decision the manager at some point LaRusa that's anaheim to me white Sox. oh for uh, another old guy for an old guy that probably doesn't make any sense does it yeah i i think if i'm the white Sox. Yeah, if I'm the White Sox, I'm probably looking for for a more dramatic, a more dramatic change than that. And and Dusty yeah. Baker leaves Houston. That was one I thought of. That was one I thought of. I could see that working because you've got a team that knows how to win. You've got a you know, a team that has got a, a a nice. It's got layers, right? It's got good. It's got Jeremy Pena. It's yeah. got good. Young pitchers. It's got good pitchers in the prime of their career. I could see, I could see Houston being a fit for him. He, now he would. West I don't Coast, know how different how, he would how be. How about then. something happens to the manager in Seattle? Something happens to the manager in Texas? I mentioned Seattle too. See, to me, Seattle's too much like L.A. It's too much mm-hmm. like the Angels. It's a team that's kind of, sort of, possibly there. And I don't know if his act didn't work in in Anaheim. Would it work in? Would it work? What in is Seattle? his act? I, think it's, I don't even know what it is. What is it? Is it? Does it work with younger players because they got to listen to it? I think it. I, is that I, what it is? I think part of Joe Madden, the Joe Madden mystique, is he's a genius, and I don't think that that necessarily works anymore. As I said, he was. He, you know, when you look at the stuff that that he, he was doing with the race, it was funny. Oh, like, he, he didn't invent the shift. He absolutely he, 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 he had his hand in that. He, he didn't invent blame it. Him. I blame him for teams that. shifted back in the back in not the forties like and fifties, but not like there. the race did. But you're right. He he popularized the use of it. But Kevin Cash is way more cutting edge than he is. You know, Joe Madden. I, Joe Madden doesn't take Blake Snell out of that World Series game. You don't think so? No. No. Mm. So, just don't know if there's right fits for him. Philly would. You know, he 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 goes to Philly. He's got an old school GM who likes older managers, and older players. Right. This is David Dombrowski used to take over a team and hire Jim Leland. Does if Jim if Jim Leland was 12 years younger, he would be managing the Philadelphia Phillies right now. I don't know what he brings. His it, What he brings is better for a younger team 
yeah, or I an don't. older team? Because I don't know what he does. Like, I, I just don't know what – I don't know what's special. Well, that's what it is. Nah, I they, don't know what's special about him. Yeah, That's I, the thing. Yeah, it, what is it's, it? it's – I don't know. That's a good That's a good question. Um, I guess the only way you'd know that is if you played I would for say him. this. I would think this is the first time in his career – that Joe Madden leaves a job as damaged goods. Yep. That's like well the Chicago said. to L.A. You, you, got world the you, got, you won a World Series in Chicago. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the first time that he has gone on the market as damaged goods. Joe Madden is no longer a genius. Joe Madden is a retread. And I still think... In a lot of markets with a lot of younger teams, maybe not younger teams, but with a lot of teams, that counts. Like if I'm the Phillies, I've just kind of gone away from a retread and I'm bringing in a different guy. Yeah, he's a happier, funnier guy and he plays the media game better than just about anybody in the game. But does that really... The Phil- the, the, does does that turn does that turn that horrible defensive okay. team into a good they, defensive they, team? It doesn't. There you go. They had they're a bad base running team. They played bad defense and they have a bad bullpen. Does he help? Doesn't help anybody. Any of those? No. Then say that's you know you answered your own question. Uh, it's not like he's going to have a spring training to work with guys or anything like that. So, uh, but it, it's so, I, I I think you're right. I think somebody gets I think somebody gives him a shot. And if I'm if I'm Joe Madden, I'm going into the world of TV TV uh, TV so? work right that's now because he's a funny one. guy. He's got a lot well, of friends in the media, and I mean that in a good way. He's got a lot he, of friends in the media. That's why 15 minutes later, him and Joe Joe was in his car on the MLB Network radio because yeah. I was listening oh, to yeah. him. I know it's it's <laughs> like they they did it on purpose. And Joe's you know Joe's a guy who likes to travel. He's he, he's he's got different different likes, and at this point in his life, uh, maybe he wants to move on, but. I just I, I think there's 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 got to be there's got to be a team out there that that would that would at least that would at least take a shot at him. Um, you know, there's 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 an interesting team team that I kind of wonder about is Cleveland because I don't know how much longer Terry Francona with his health Co- issues cost would be a big in. deal too. Cost would be a big thing with him. But you know, if you were a guy, you look at that team, especially now that Jose Ramirez is locked up. Um, I. That would be an intriguing team for me. I've got some young pitching. I've got my guy. I got Pencil Ramirez in the lineup every day. That might be an interesting team. That might be an interesting team. If I if I was somebody who was willing to, and I, I don't want to be a ghoul about this because I love Terry Francona, but as I said, Terry uh, Tito's Tito's got health issues, and I, I wonder if at some point the Guardians just say, you know. You bring somebody else in. I can. Good talk. He's a good talker. You know, you're on that team that's that's on the fringe of going to the to the playoffs. And when you get in the playoffs, Joe Madden's a good talker. He, he'll he can he, sell he, you stuff. Yeah, he could sell that taking a pitcher out in the sixth inning who's given up, yep. you know, two hits and a run. He can sell that to you. Uh, Jeff Montgomery is the Royals pre and post game analyst. He is a former closer, 304 career saves. As a matter of fact, a three time All Star. He joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. 360 and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Barker's back leg bits in a few minutes. DMs are open. Got a bunch of questions. Got a lot of people 
guessing on our <clears throat> our trivia question to win Jay's tickets. Some of the guesses are. I'll, I'll say this. Remember when I said try to do it without googling the answer? Mm-hmm. Some of you should just Google, Google. the answer because some of the answers are just. Yeah. Anyhow. That's mm. just, yeah, some of them were interesting. Uh, DM's open for Barker's back leg bits. And uh, 590-590 is the text line. Please make sure you give your name and location. And I'm not talking about your location sitting in the bathtub or anything like that. I'm talking about where you're living. That, that's all we need to know. We don't need to know exactly what you're doing at this point in time. Huh. But we would like to know which city you're in. Who sits in the bathtub at 1130? Old people. <laughs> two ten is the uh, two two ten is the first. Well, pitch. you know, wait, I shouldn't have said that. That was rude. But you did That's soft right. toss it to me. Bathtubs and naps. <laughs> I know. I, I oh, get you it. hate naps. I get it. We we figured two ten is the first pitch today, as uh, the Jays look to uh, sweep the Kansas City Royals. It'll be on Sportsnet five ninety, the Fan, and Sportsnet. Jeff Montgomery is the Royals pre and post game analyst. Uh, and a former major league closer had 304 career saves, three-time All-Star. It's a lot of saves. That's a lot of saves. That's a lot of All-Stars, too. Jeff Montgomery joining Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 Fan. Jeff, thanks for taking time out to talk to us today. Uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, glad to join the show and hope uh, things go well for you guys up in Toronto. It looks like the team's uh, starting to play some good baseball. Yeah, it looks like they are. Um Look, I you know, I, I it's a it's a bad question to ask, I guess, after seeing the Royals get the Royals get shut out two consecutive two consecutive nights. But you know, look, kind of following this team since 2015, when they they and the Jays kind of had this thing going, um, I, I I kind of I expected at some point we would see the Royals go on another four or five year run. Um, What's happened this year, Jeff, and how close are they, do you think? How close close are the Royals to kind of getting back getting back to where they once were? Well, if you had asked me that question, say, in March, I probably would have said they're probably on their way to, to moving in that direction. Uh, I think everybody uh, was expecting this team to be probably a 500 team this year, not a contending team, but a competitive team, a team that would go out and, you win some series and show some signs of progress, uh, looking for some of the younger pitchers to develop a little more at the major league level. And unfortunately, that just has not been the case. I mean, it really is compounded by the fact that you've got some experience with some veteran players, like guys like Salvador Perez, who hit uh, 48 home runs, drove in 121 runs last year. Whit Merrifield, who's been a perennial uh, leader with regards to hits and stolen bases. Uh, some of those more veteran guys have not had the kind of years that you would expect from them. And I think it's kind of snowballed or compounded to the point where a lot of the other players, it's somewhat of a contagious situation. Uh, now, we do have a rookie, Bobby Witt Jr., who's uh, doing a lot of very special things. His batting average is not what it will be at some point, but uh, he's leading the team in runs and RBIs and some departments you wouldn't expect a young player to really be at the top of those categories in. But uh, I think it really every team, in my opinion, really, if you want to start with one area, it's starting pitching. And if you have good starting pitching, you're going to be a team that has a chance to win on a nightly basis. And there just has not been that consistency with this team. And we've got some young pitchers who 
uh, have some promise, have some hope, but they've just not taken off the way that people would have expected. And to me, that's kind of led to a lot of the problems this team had because you find yourself playing from behind a lot in these games. And if you go out and give up a couple of runs in the first inning, uh, essentially the game is over. This team has not won a game all season long in which they have been losing after the first inning. So uh, to me that creates a lot of the problems because suddenly the hitters, you're down two or three runs and the hitters go to the plate and they try to do a little more than a keyboard is doing. It just kind of snowballs and, and makes everyone's jobs a lot more difficult. Yeah, Jeff, whenever you listen to pitchers say that catcher's easy to throw to, he, he receives the ball well. You, you mentioned Salvador Perez is having a, a down offensive year, but I saw him yesterday. He picks that ball in the dirt and can you know think about throwing it behind the runner at first base. What makes him so good to throw to as a pitcher? Well, he works really hard, for one thing. He's got uh, an enormous you know, frame with regards to being a backstop there. So not many balls are able to get by him just because of his sheer size. Uh, but he's got tremendous hands. And when you look at Salvador Perez, he's a really big man. Now, here's a, a player who, if you go out at 3 o'clock in the afternoon or taking batting practice early, he might be over at shortstop fielding balls and turning double plays. He's very, very athletic. And he really, uh, before uh, he kind of grew into his body, he was uh, a player who could play shortstop or second base. He was a very athletic player before he grew into his body and became a full-time catcher. But he's just athletic. He's gifted. He's got the, uh, uh, the really good hands. He's got a tremendous throwing arm. Uh, but that's really what makes him kind of a unique player with regards to his abilities. And then oftentimes catchers, you talk about, you know, they're more of a, uh, you know, catch-and-throw guys. But Salvador Perez really evolved into a solid hitter and had a, one of the best years ever for a catcher last season. Unfortunately, this year it has not translated to a productive offensive season. But he's still a good guy uh, behind the dish and knows how to call the game and knows how to receive and he knows how to shut down a running game. Yeah, that's, that's intriguing. I, I want to get your perspective from a, a veteran arm who you know the 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 blue jays have a a young catcher at the minor league level that they may think about calling up and you know the blue jays are a contending team and i want to get your thoughts on what you think or what the 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 issue or maybe it's not an issue a young guy coming up calling a game uh, is that a is that a big deal for a veteran guy coming out of a bullpen or a starting pitcher to get in the flow of a season quicker in the middle of a season with a young catcher behind the plate in my day, I would say, excuse me, no. Uh, but, you know, we're going back 25, 30 years ago when it was a lot more basic, it was a lot more simple, and I think pitchers were more in charge of the game with regards to their pitch selection, what they're going to do. With all the numbers and analytics involved in the game today, I think it's a lot more like uh, it's more robotic. It's more where... You know, they're, they're trying to uh, work a pitcher with his uh, arm angles and his spin rates. And uh, it's just a very complicated situation in today's game. And I think it's changed. So I think probably uh, it's more difficult for a younger catcher uh, to maybe incorporate all of that into uh, his game and his ability to go out. So a lot more uh, goes into the process today than it did during the time when I played. Uh, we have a young catcher here in Kansas City, MJ Melendez, uh, who's now playing some outfield because 
you want to have Salvador Perez behind the plate as much as possible in this MJ Melendez. But MJ Melendez is a catcher who's done a really nice job in, in hitting the ground running. Uh, his ability to, to, to call a good game, his ability to block balls, his ability to throw runners. Uh, so I think it's, it's, it's certainly something that organizations don't make those moves with young players until they feel like they are certainly ready uh, to go out there and, 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 and be a full-bodied player with regards to calling a game as well as being able to produce with that bat when needed. Now we're going to get to see Brady Singer on the mound for Kansas City today. 25-year-old, got a really nice year. Just looking at his numbers, 30 strikeouts, four walks. He also gets, and I don't have those numbers in front of me, Jeff, but he also seems to get a ton of called strikes. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to call up those numbers right now, but it seems like any time you read about him or hear him, you hear about him or see him, he's getting a ton of called strikes, and, and a lot of that seems to be as a result of the changeup. Can you maybe tell us a little bit what to expect from Brady Singer in this game? Well, so Brady Singer's a, a first-round draft choice from 2018, uh, University of Florida, uh, high expectations from him, a top-of-the-rotation potential pitcher. Now, he's been a two-pitch pitcher his entire career, all the way from amateur baseball through the minor leagues and even his first uh, stay in the, in the big leagues. So he's always had a change-up. However, he hasn't used that change-up frequently. Um, started the season in the bullpen here in Kansas City. Uh, didn't get a lot of work. They sent him to the minor leagues. And they really almost mandated he start incorporating that change-up into his uh, repertoire. He did. He hit the ground running when he came back from the minor leagues. First two starts he made, 16 change-ups in each of those starts, which was by far career highs for him, had immediate results from that. One, the pitch's quality. He was able to get outs with it. Two, it kind of puts another you know, uh, feeling of doubt in the hitter's mind that, hey, this is not a fastball slider guy on the mound. He's a fastball slider change-up guy. So now hitters are thinking about three pitches instead of two. So it led to immediate results and successes for him. Now you talk about the, 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 the strikeouts. A lot of his strikeouts have been looking. Last night I watched Alec Manoa go out there for the Blue Jays and get a lot of strikeouts looking. But it's a very similar skill set with Manoa and with Brady Singer. They both have really good run on their two-seam fastball. Ball you know, just seems to almost uh, move. If he can almost throw it to a left-handed batter and have it move into the strike zone or throw it into the strike zone and it hits on the hands of a right-handed batter. So it has that, that arm-side movement, that lateral movement that's really filthy. And then they have the change-ups. The, to go along with it, as well as the slider, and I, I call them the frisbee slider. The slider, it almost looks like it just breaks all the way from the maybe the inside corner uh, to a right out of the strike zone away from that right-handed batter. So very similar look uh, for the Blue Jays fans who are watching Singer versus Manoa. Jeff, really good of you to join us today. Terrific insight. Thanks so yeah. much. Thanks, Jeff. You bet, guys. Take care. Have a great day. You Thank too. You, Thank you. It's Jeff Montgomery. Royals pre- and post-game analyst. Yeah, Brady Singer's been an intriguing dude for a long time. And uh, he's had four starts this year, seven games. But yeah, his, his change-up percentage is just massive. And it's called strike percentage is really something, too. Mm-hmm. So it'll be an interesting matchup. And it is kind of... It's kind of interesting having the, the, the comparable, you know, mm-hmm. comparing him uh, comparing him to Manoa. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be an interesting game today.
Well, you, that, that would just mean you say Kikuchi's going to have to match him for a while until the Blue Jays lineup figures something out. Yeah. If it figures out how to lay off of third it. Third time through. Zone, or, well, second time whatever, through. Whatever, second time no, through. Normally, most, Sorry. Yeah. most guys don't go third time through. That's not age it's, That's rare. Much. That's yeah. rare. So, you know, that that's what you say d- does. And hopefully the Blue Jays score some runs early, take pressure off their guy on the mound and pound the zone, go a little deeper in games because the bullpen could use it. I know they've been rested the last couple of days because of the way the rotation is and they're scoring more runs, but – can never have too much rest. No time it is. It's time for Barker's Back Leg Bits. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, get up, get out of here. And the guy's right at the fence. Like, I got this one, you know. The umpires would throw the balls out. Like, hey, Barker's up. Bring in the six balls. We need the dead one. Mr. Gann, thank you very much for joining us. Be honest. You don't remember Kevin Barker Absolutely as a player, not. do you? It's like 50 years ago we played. Good morning, guys. No, I drink too much. <laughs> Uh, oh, there you go. That's great. It's honest. It is Barker's Back Lake Bits, that time of the show where we uh, ask you to text us or DM us with questions uh, for Kevin Barker. And we've got a lot of questions, so I'm going to get to them right away. Uh, as always, if you're sending questions on the text line, please include your name and location. Uh, Justin in North York says Dexter Fowler should have been called up that I could tell after one week that Zimmer couldn't hit. <laughs> like to hear Barker's thoughts on that decision. Waiting to see if Zimmer could hit Fowler could play. Zimmer's not, Fowler's not with the team anymore. He gone. Uh, I think he, he was talking about when he first got here. Oh but yeah. He yeah. Had, he hadn't played in a while. They had to figure out if he could play, if he could, if he could stay on the field long enough to do that. I, I just don't, again, with all due respect, I just don't understand why people want to get all bent out of shape over Bradley Zimmer. I, I just don't understand because that. Because like, this I, is the I, baseball I version. This is the baseball version of arguing about the Leafs' fourth line. It just is. It's the baseball version yeah, of it. Yeah, I guess. The end of the it, – It's it, it really is. I mean, if you want to put some effort into something, Depth think about how Kevin Gosman can – can hide the split finger a little bit better. Think about that more than you would a guy that plays like two times a week. I okay, I guess if that's what you guys want to think about and and worry about, but I just read that because I knew that we we I think we need to de- we need to de- declare this a Bradley Zimmer free zone. I, I think for at least a week we need to de- to declare it a Bradley Zimmer free zone. Having Fair. said that, I'm looking at the DMs. One question about Zimmer. Two questions about Zimmer. Three questions about Zimmer. Trade Alejandro Kirk for there's this, dun, dun, yeah. Uh, John and Milton. People in the game always said that the toughest pitch to hit is the one that is low and away. He's asking you, Kevin, do you think what's the toughest pitcher to hit? Pitch Located to hit fastball. low and away or an elevated fastball? Again, this is the, well, is he right handed or left handed? Didn't say. Um, well, that that's a that's a big question. You have to ask yourself. Lefties who have a natural uppercut in their swing, you would probably say that they'd have a bigger issue with the elevated hitter. A righty probably be down and away. You look at the Blue Jays lineup. A bunch of righties don't like the ball down and away. That's why they're trying to lay off of that. And hopefully, a pitcher can't locate three of those down and away. So, it's a again that's to each his own kind of question, right? It's it's every guy's different, but most of the time. If you're left-handed because you have a natural uppercut, your swing is not as level towards the end of your swing to where you're getting it out front and you want that big finish, 
A lot of those guys don't like the elevated fastball. That's why you see Alec Manoa, you see Kevin Gosman, you see Jose Barrios. With two strikes, what are they trying to do? They're trying to front hip it now, and they're trying to elevate it against lefties. That's because of that little uppercut. Bill Benner wants to know, if Kevin were in the middle of 30 games in 30 days, would he welcome a rainout for a day off, even if that meant he had to play a doubleheader after the rainout? I was thinking about that's an interesting question. I was thinking about that the other day. When uh, the, 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 well, the, du- the doubleheader would be determined on who I was facing. You know, if it was DeGrom and Scherzer in the doubleheader, no, I wouldn't want, you know, uh, uh, what would that be? That'd probably be 14 innings of those two guys. You wouldn't want that. So there is a lot of, that comes into that. It would depend on what part of that 30 games in 30 days. If that's toward the end of that, yeah, you would welcome some time off and, and a day away to catch your breath. But if that's the beginning of that, no, absolutely not. You want to play as many of those games in a row at the beginning of the season so you can get in the flow. You can get it down, get it singing. You can start getting to your big finish that you want to. You can get the the flow of the season and, and start being the player you want, you want to be. So there is a lot that goes into that. But middle of the season, it's okay occasionally to have one of those. Now, I will say big league doubleheaders ain't it. Not, that's 18 innings. Yeah, so that's that could be a real easy overrate. Yeah. Luis Sanchez asked a question. He heard our, our discussion a couple of days ago about farewell tours for Pujols and Molina. Remember, we had that yeah. conversation with where Manny Machado said he he didn't understand why um he didn't understand why there was uh there wasn't more as more being paid to that. Uh, Luis says, uh, I never liked those. He said, like I want to thank Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera for beating the crap out of my team. Uh, he said, I would like to hear what Barker thinks about what players think about celebrations for visiting players. So a- as a... Most of the, most of the time now, you're, you wouldn't do that for just an average player. You're, you're going to do, do that for great players. Pujols is a, is a generational player. He, he might be, well, he is the best right-handed hitter I've ever seen. So that's a, that's a different animal when it comes to that. If you're an opposing team, it's respect. I'm paying respect for a guy that did something that no most right-handed hitters will never do again. Mm-hmm. Like I, I say that about Vladdy. You see how hard Vladdy's having issues doing that back-to-back years. Yeah. Look at Pujols' numbers. Back-to-back-to-back-to-back for like 14 in a row. So it's different. Mariano Rivera did that. Those are different guys. And if you're on an opposing team, you want to pay your respects to that. And yeah. Yeah, it's not a big deal. You don't overthink it. Like it's, well, you get a you get a, ch- a rocking chair because he's getting older. It's kind I mean, of funny. It's a it's a passing the baton thing. I can tell you. I think most players, most players probably don't mind celebrations for guys like that. What I think gets old, and of course the Blue Jays did this years ago. They had flashback Fridays where they it seemed like every Friday Kelly Gruber was coming out to be introduced, and they played Welcome Back. The song from Welcome Back, Carter and uh, Cotter, and everybody everybody applauded. And I remember Kevin Millar and Vernon Wells had T-shirts made up that had turned the page. Was it turn the page Tuesdays or turn the page Thursdays instead of flashback Fridays? So, um, but I, I think it's the sometimes the treating every returning player like they're Jesus is is probably not the is the thing that drives guys around the bend drives players around the bend a lot. Yeah, the Leafs are very good like, at that. Like the- if you skated a shift for the Leafs. You get a shot it's on like the board the Marcus, at the ACC. Uh, Marcus Simmons, the Scotiabank Simeon, Arena. Uh, video. Yeah. That's, you, do you think all the Blue Jays players like that? Yeah. Like, he moved on. He got paid. He got a lot of money. He, or he'd still been there. It's like, I don't know. You'd have to ask those players, but. Robert Petrilli, 
Who would be your Blue Jays All-Stars if you had to pick right now? And I picked this question because All-Star voting does start right There's now. only one. I'm going to tell you, first of all. There's I'm, only one for me. Stuff the ballot box for Alejandro Kirk. I have no problem with fans going out and stuffing ballot boxes. Vote early, vote often. It's like civic elections in Hamilton. Vote as often as you can uh, if you want to get Alejandro Kirk into the game. Um, it, it's Alec Manoa is mine. I, I was going to say, the only... Because you got to take a look at what goes into the selections. You got to have a representative. Um, you know, yeah, Santiago Espinal is having a great year. If a second baseman goes from another team, does that mean Santiago Espinal moves out the picking order? For me, I'm going to say this. I would just assume that one of Bo or Vladdy are going to go. Because if you asked, if you, if you, uh, if you questioned, Major League players and managers right now. Give me the best Jays player. Most of them would say Bo or Vladdy. I think mm-hmm. one of those two dudes goes automatically. You would think. I think Manoa is the other guy. Those are the you only two. So. You know, Jordan Romano, you know, let's see what his numbers are at the end. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, he Jordan Romano, he's pitched once. What it was yesterday was his first outing in, in seven days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think Jordan Romano has much of a shot. Kevin Gossman would have been in there. Espinal, maybe. Kirk, I think, Kirk could be, I'd love to see Kirk get in. I'd like to see Kirk get in just because of the story. And I'm with you. Just because it's, it'd be so cool to see a guy that we all had traded. First of all, we didn't know. First of all, we thought everybody that liked Alejandro Kirk, let's face it, was was kind of nuts. We thought it was like a, yeah, I did. I thought everybody thought, look, if the guy, if the guy was, Built normally, no one to pay attention to Alejandro Kirk. But people like Alejandro Kirk. They like the way he looks. They like the story. I'm not saying that is a bad thing. But if Alejandro Kirk looked like Bradley Zimmer, nobody would have paid. Nobody would have paid attention to him. So I kind of thought, okay, that's fine. That's a typical Blue Jays fan thing. They love Kawasaki. You know, they they love John McDonald. They like spunky guys. Okay, they're going to like Kirk. Then we saw him catch, and I thought, Jesus, this guy's actually. It'd be a pretty good catcher. Not going to hurt your team. Not going to hurt your team. And this is why we were thinking maybe he's going to end up getting traded to Cleveland. That yeah, didn't happen. Yeah, now mm-hmm. we're looking at the dude going to the All-Star game. So I think the Alejandro Kirk story would be perfect. But for me right now, the only two One guys guy. guaranteed to Plus. go, Manoa, Kirk, and then I, I do think Bichette or Guerrero would go. Mm-hmm. Bigger question to me is, did Bichette or Guerrero go to the home run derby? Absolutely not. Well, I don't know. I'd like Vladdy's to see both. Vladdy's had a down ah. year. That might, that might give him a little confidence. Maybe. Anyhow. Uh, we'll be on Blue Jays talk immediately following this afternoon's game. First pitch is 210 on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590. The fan will be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern with more Lair and Barker. So that's it for us. Have a great day. Enjoy the ball game. And uh, we'll talk to you when it's over.